Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we have a very special guest joining us to talk about how to find a husband and dating. This is a woman that I personally admire, and I am so happy that she has agreed to join me to do a podcast. In this episode, we are talking about everything from where to start if you're wanting to find a husband, how to communicate with your partner, and should you have sex on the first date? This is the second episode in our Dating with Jordan series. Before we get into today's episode, I want to know, are you having the sex you desire and crave? I have created a get the sex you desire workbook to help you learn more about what you're interested in when it comes to intimacy and sex. This is a great tool for communicating with your partner and learning more about yourself. All singles and couples need to do this. Go to desire.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com to get yours today. Joining me today is Rachel G. Woodson. She is the founder of I Am Somebody's Wife and The Coaching Firm. She is a wife, mother, relationship expert, international life coach speaker, and TV and radio personality. This woman is amazing, and I am so excited to have her join us today. With that being said, Rachel, welcome. You want to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm Rachel G. Woodson. I'm international success relationship and life coach. I have been successfully running a firm that allows me to help people heal, to love again and live the life they deserve for almost 10 years now. I am in my second and last marriage. Um, Wonderful husband, mom of, we have a blended family of five. We have five dogs and one on the way. So I just like to live my life transparently to help somebody else transition to the better part of them. And I'm excited to be on the show. So I found you through I Am Somebody's Wife, and I was really attracted to that. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what is I Am Somebody's Wife? Awesome. So I'm Somebody's Wife started in, it's crazy because when I look at my very, very first post, I'm an influencer on social media. I started out just really encouraging people and I noticed that people were loving my encouragement. So I was helping people, but then I became the paid help. And so I'm somebody's wife. The first post I posted that in was 2016. I posted a post and said, I'm somebody's wife. It was an affirmation, you know, just encouraging women to make that affirmation. Well, fast forward to 2017, I had just purchased my house, just turned birthday And instantly God was like, I'm going to bless you with your husband. In my mind, I said, well, I am not wife material. Yeah. The woman that's the international relationship expert, helping people mend their marriages, helping people align for marriage was not marriage material. So I knew nobody was going to find me at the position I was in. It wasn't that I just wasn't marriage material. I didn't care about being married at the time. I only cared about my bag and not being a bride. So I remember myself saying, okay, everything you have, you've always affirmed. Affirmations are your thing. 
So I started saying in November 2017 for the whole month, I started saying I'm somebody's wife. I'm somebody's wife because I knew that if I was going to prepare and I was going to be found by the end of the year, that my mind was going to have to get right. The things in my mind were going to have to register with the things that needed to go on in life. And I knew at that point I was not there. I had no time to be there and I haven't even made time to be there. So I started saying I'm somebody's wife. So by the end of November, it just seemed like it was second nature. I didn't have any issues with going forward to, for preparing myself. So I started preparing myself in December, December 31st, my husband and I, we found, he found me, we went out on a date and I was engaged in 26 days and married in 11 months. And all of that came from me affirmating I'm somebody's wife. So what I did when COVID first started, I wanted to encourage women that they were still somebody's wife. Don't look at how the world is closing in. Don't start thinking, do I have enough time? What's going on? And so I started making posts. And one day I said, I was live on doing a live on Instagram. And I was like, I'm going to do a four week course for whoever feels like they're somebody's wife. We're going to go through this together. I'm going to take you through my journey. And so 300 women for the first time, and it began to escalate from there. They were like, so what's next? So what's next? And so I started, I'm somebody, another, I'm somebody's wife course. Then they wanted another course and another course and another course. And then before you know it, I was like, well, I'm going to get shirts. So I start, I created a shirt. I'm somebody's wife. And then that took off. I sold out of the shirts. And then I said, well, you know what? I'm going to turn it into a journal, turned it into a journal. And so now I not only have a journal, I not only have shirts, I also have an academy with women. We have prayer groups, we have small groups, and it's really encouraging women that they are and can be someone's wife. Women are starting to get engaged to be married. They're starting to date. They're starting to realize that they can be somebody's wife and learn how to date in the midst of this pandemic. So that's a little bit about I'm somebody's wife. I love it. I cannot wait to take the course with you. I had started using that positive affirmation probably back in October, November-ish as well. It's not worked yet, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So let's kind of start at the beginning. If somebody wants to find their husband, where do they even start? The first place you want to start is within yourself. How can you want to be found by someone if you don't even know who you are? A lot of times we're wanting to be found, but even in that wanting to be found process, you don't even know who you are. So how is he going to know how to find you? And even if he does find you or if a man finds you, because how many times do you go somewhere and guys are trying to talk to you all the time? It doesn't mean that that guy is your husband. So you play a major role. So knowing who you are, knowing your morals, knowing your standards, that first allows you to know who's finding you. And technically, I wouldn't want to be found personally if it were me. In my mindset, I didn't want to be found by someone and I didn't know my purpose and I didn't know who I was because they were going to come and they were going to create a me for me. 
And years down the line, I may not even be that person. And too many times when you tap into who you really are, and if you're not that person in the beginning of a relationship, you start to question that relationship and you guys lose your interest and you lose focus on what it is you're really doing. For me and my journey, that's kind of where I'm at is the internal work to being ready for finding a husband. Because I also know that I am not at this very moment capable of being a wife. So do you have any recommendations as far as what internal work to do prior to finding or to intentionally look for a husband? Heal, number one. In order for you to love properly, in order for you to know how you want to be loved, you have to get out how you were loved that didn't go as planned. A lot of times we just look for somebody to treat us better than the last person. It doesn't mean it's our best, but at least we're not going through what we went through in the past. It's not the relationship we had in the past. But when you really discover self-worth, when you really heal, when you really discover who you are as a person, the first thing you think about is, wait a minute, let me now get out who I am. Let me now heal so I can really understand what have I learned from these past relationships? What type of person have I become now that these relationships have been in my life? Because you may not even have time to know what you really want to attract. And that's major. You just know, okay, so the last guy I dated, he didn't have a job. He didn't have anything going for himself. So the next man has to have a job. So then you get a guy who has a job and you're looking like, okay, well, this is a good guy. So it seems. And then you realize that he's a cheater. And so you're like, the next man has to be faithful and hardworking. So all you care about is getting someone that you did not have getting something that you didn't have and not realizing that, oh, okay, wait a minute. He's faithful. He works hard, but he's abusive or he's a master manipulator. So you still have something bad because all you're doing is like Maxwell, the singer said, you're just reaching out for something better than you had before. It doesn't make it right. It just makes it just settles your stomach for the moment. For me personally, I'm attracted to toxic men. How do you overcome something like that? Um, it starts with getting out all of your toxins. You attract what you are. And that's where that really going in and checking yourself. Why do I attract these men? What is it within me that allows me to attract these type of men? And if I'm attracting these type of men, how do I go about understanding who I am in order for me to, everything goes back to you. That's what we have to understand. We can try to skip this whole thing and say, oh, I just want to find somebody that's going to love me. I just want to find somebody that's going to be with me. I just want to find somebody that I can be happy with. Okay. So are they your bandaid or have you totally found you in order for you to be the person that you want to be? And that's where we have to get to. A lot of times we haven't even taken time to date ourselves properly. And I'm not just talking about going out to eat. Oh, I can go out to eat with myself, go to the movies with myself. You know, I can watch Netflix with myself. 
People do things on different levels, whether it's pleasure self, whatever self is, all those self things. But then you think about it. Okay, you've done all of that to make it look good. But how can you make yourself feel good internally by making sure that you're taking care of you? That's what's not happening. We're not taking care of who we are and getting to know us, our love language, because I'm a, I'm not a big person on love languages, but I tell people all the time, according to how you date, your love language change. You may have a love language of communication with the last person, but you notice that the love language is more subtle, silent, and soft-spoken words. Now your love language is more so action than it is words. Every, But you won't know that until you go and you rediscover who you are. To know if you've, because if your love language is the same all the time, you have no growth. You are complacent. You are comfortable. There's no challenge within yourself. Well, I know my love language is touch. Okay, so your love language, every guy has touched you. Maybe your love language needs to change. Maybe the need to feel touched is what's having you at a place to where, oh, now I want to just be touched. No, now my love language is communication. But you won't know that until you rediscover who you are. I love that. I do too. I like that too. And this is why I got to sign up for your course. I need all of this stuff. So I know that I struggle with communication in romantic relationships as well. And I'm sure we could do an entire episode just on that. What kind of tips do you have for communicating with your partner? There's something I call reevaluating your relationship. You have to be able to know, my husband and I did it last night, reevaluating your relationship, it allows you guys to sit down and see if there's anything that you need to change within yourself. If there's anything that they don't like, because if we're real about it, when we first get with someone, we rarely tell them how to love us. We just go all in and they're happy. We're, they're happy. You're not who they were with. You're happy. They're not who you were with. Neither one of y'all are really caring how to really love each other because love isn't even in the, the facet of your mind right now. It's attraction. It's fun. It's hype. It's, this is not what I had before. So I am totally in this 100% because I am not hurting. So I really don't care what he's doing. I really don't care how he's doing it. He's calling, he's dating me. He's doing all these things. And then you start rediscovering as you get comfortable. Oh, I really and truly don't like when he does this. I really don't like when she does this. And so now you guys are trying to backtrack. Well, I really didn't like the fact that you always fix my plate. I can fix my plate too. Well, I fixed your plate for six months, things like that. Or I really didn't like this. But when you reevaluate your relationship, you have an opportunity to have a sit down without an argument. There's not a thing of, oh, we're going to just, we're arguing because think about this. If a guy told you what he didn't like in the midst of an argument, not only are you going to be emotionally turned off, you're going to be physically, mentally turned off. So when you are angry, 
And I've had married couples that in the midst of an argument, well, I don't like the way you please me like this, or I don't like this. And the wife was like, well, I've been doing it for five years and you've never said anything. Well, you know what? Forget it. We're just not even going to do it. So now the intimacy in the marriage is gone. There is a hunger of intimacy. So now he's out cheating because you refuse to give him the intimacy. But you refuse to give him the intimacy because he's making you feel like the intimacy wasn't good enough. So there's so many levels to really and truly don't like where I am, but you never said where you want it to be. So that's one of, that's like major, that's a major, major pit in learning to love each other, having that communication in relationships right off the bat. I had asked some of the listeners if they had any questions that they wanted addressed during this episode. And one that came up that I absolutely loved is how do you communicate with your partner when they're under stress, particularly like your husband? Many times men shut down under stress and they won't share what's going on. Do you have any tips for helping them open up and communicate through that? I have two different examples. My husband just recently lost his childhood best friend slash stepbrother. And I can tell that it was, it was a trying time for him. The very first thing I asked him was, are you okay? I was getting to that point. I was always asking, are you okay? And he was like, I'm not okay. He told me one day, I'm not okay. He said, I really don't think people should even ask people if they're okay. Cause you know, they're not okay. And so it was at that point I was like, okay, so I technically do not, I've dealt with clients in bereavement, women that have lost their husbands, men that have lost their wives, trying to get back into the swing of love. But I said to encounter this on this level, I've never been with someone while they lost someone close. And so I told him, I said, well, I don't really know how to be here for you. So what I need from you is you tell me what you need. If you need me to talk, I'll talk. If you need me to be silent, I'll be silent. If we're just going to sit, whatever it is, you let me know how I can help you through this. And that was my first time actually ever saying those words to anybody in that, in that manner. And it would be sometimes I would just sit on the sofa and he would sit on the sofa and there would be no words. It would just, but he would appreciate, I think one night we stayed up to like three 30 in the morning. He was just sitting there and I was sitting there and he appreciated the fact that I was just sitting there. I didn't go to bed. I didn't do anything. And I picked that to go on with everything else we had for that set the momentum for everything else. So I said, then every day, if he's stressed, whatever it is, if you're stressed, if you're going through, let me know. So I'll know how to love you. I'll know how much to put on you. I'll know what conversations to have. And I'll also know what to pray for. It, it kind of had him in a situation like, do women really do that? You're asking me how, I, how you can help me not be stressed. Or if I am under some, you know, my job, his job is hectic being, uh, working for the government. And he's like, if you're telling me to, that you're going to help me this way, then that really, really helps our marriage. And women don't really understand that. 
men are silent. So the first thing they want to think is it's something they did. And then before you know it, they're thinking, then there's no intimacy. So they're thinking, oh, it must be another woman. So you create a monster when he has a monster. And all you have to do is like Monsters, Inc., just give him the blanket or something. So he won't have that monster and you create a total monster with it. So me really communicating with him, me asking him, how can I help him? Me asking him if he's good. That's something I would never really ask my husband. My husband would always ask me every day, you good? He would call me, you know, or he would email me if I was with a client, just emailing you to see how your day going, seeing if you're good. And that's all he would ever say. But I, would, I was like, I was, I'm good. Thank you. And then I got to realizing, well, do I need to see if he's good? And so I would always ask him, are you good? And every once in a while, because of everything that he was going through, he'd be like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, what do you need me to do? And what do you need me to pray for? You know, if you need time and silence, then I won't be that talking bunny. If you need communication and that's the thing, that's one of the reasons why I'm not really, I've never even read the book, the five love, love languages, because I don't want to get stuck on a love language. I don't think love languages are minimized to one because certain times of your life, certain issues within your life, certain tests, certain struggles, certain trials are going to require certain love languages. But if you're stuck on one love language, you will never really get over some things. A man can't buy you, gift you if you need the love language from him that is an emotional love language. I don't know if it's in the book or not, but if it's uh, if you're a gift, what if you need words? So knowing each other and it goes both ways and knowing that it's not always about you. It's not. He's the leader, but. It's not always about you. I love asking that. And I, I find that even in medicine, asking patients how I can support them with a diagnosis and things like that is very helpful because you don't know how somebody else needs to be supported through anything. And sometimes you don't know how you need to be supported either. And you have to figure that out, I guess. So what is the best way to communicate with somebody who says they are a horrible communicator? If they're telling you they're a horrible communicator, the first thing you want to ask them, well, how do I make you a great communicator? What is it about communication? A lot of times I probably tell you that the, the need to be vulnerable makes it hard for them to communicate. And it goes back to childhood. A lot of people can't communicate because they didn't see communication growing up. And you're not living for the life that you, you're not living for the people that you came with. You're living for the people that you're going to create life with. So it's no longer about what, what happened as a child, what happened with your mom, your dad, all those things come to make you, but it's not, it shouldn't break you either. So if a person can't communicate, it's because they never saw it. You have to one, be patient enough to communicate with that person. And you also have to understand, do they want to learn how to communicate because if they don't want to learn how to communicate, you're getting ready for an assignment. You are really, you are a rehabilitation center for that man. Interesting. So my mom and I just had a conversation about communicating because I, I'm working on my communication and we were talking about how, when I grew up, 
she didn't talk about, she didn't communicate with my stepdad at the time in front of me. They didn't have conversations. I never saw how they handled arguments, how they handled disagreements. And so I didn't grow up seeing healthy communication or communication, period. And I think that definitely has impacted how I communicate now. It does, most definitely. I grew up not seeing an argument, seeing communication, but not seeing an argument. So I went through a lot of different stages on learning how to argue until it got to a point where, okay, this is how you effectively healthy, this is how healthy argument goes. So yeah, I I I totally get it. Okay. So here's like, you know, everybody's burning question. Sex on the first date. Yes or no? No. Why? Why is that? My best man friend tells me if you think that he's the one, don't have sex with him until you feel a deeper connection. But why? Why is that? I mean, I think it's just a thumb rule. If you're having sex on the first date, and let's be real about it, no one is out here just dating one person when you're dating. Dating is, is never meant to be when you're dating that ING, that's like, I'm dating multiple people. I'm getting to know people. And if you go out, say you meet three guys hypothetically speaking, and they all actually want to date. You got a date on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If you're supposed to have sex with them on the first date, you got to have sex on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and those are all different men. So if you're going to be dating and having sex on the first date, what are you trying to see? Are you trying to see if they're sexually somebody you want to get to know? Are you trying to see if they're mentally somebody you're wanting to get to know? Because to be honest with you, sex is more of an emotion anyways. People say, oh, well, you know what? Sex isn't an emotion and I'm looking for the size and I want to know what he's working with. It doesn't matter what he's working with. He could be working with everything you need or not working with everything you want. And you could be emotionally to him and he can satisfy you that way because your emotions are in it. And he could be everything that you want, but there is no emotions. And so it's just not even good. And that communication or like when you have that deeper connection with somebody, the intimacy and the sex is so much better. It changes. It's just, that's just what it is. I think my husband, what was so great with him and I was that that wasn't happening. And I was very, very strong in that. And that was a turn on and an attraction. How long do you recommend women wait to have sex? Preferably when you get married, but life is life and everybody falls into the category of life. I would definitely say don't do it or find an escape goat. If you guys are drinking wine, champagne or whatever it is, because those will intensify your feelings, your thought, your mood. So you don't want to let that rush you or push you into something that you technically don't want to do. I would actually, I would say, make sure that's not a key factor because sometimes we allow that to push us over the edge and we put ourselves in the position of that. But when it comes to it, it's like you want to make sure you guys are exclusive for one and you're not out seeing other people. That's where communication comes in at. But also you want to make sure your goals and what you guys have are aligned in a place to where, okay, you're going to be my, my mate. You're going to be my partner. 
So I don't want us to just be friends with benefits. That's, that's college. That's after college. When you start getting a little older, it's like, I'm looking for somebody that's going to be somebody that I need in life and not somebody that I'm just sitting around and needing to feel good. What I learned was when I was out and I would just be having, not just having sex with any and everybody, but if I was in a relationship with someone and what caused me to have sex earlier with them than probably what should have been, why was I, you know, instead of waiting longer. But then when I was satisfied with myself eternally, that's when things started. It all goes back and it still goes back to, it still goes back to you. That goes so when you're self-satisfied, and I'm not saying sexually self-satisfied, but when you're self-satisfied mentally, you realize that what I'm looking for isn't just a sex partner. I'm looking for a life partner. Everything else is going to line up because let's be real about it. Whether it's medicine, you know, they have medicine that helps you now, but for the most part, that's going to come to an end someday. We're going to get old. We got to have somebody that we can talk to while we're on the boat. So it's, it's more to it than just a sexual encounter with someone that we feel like that's all we need. And that is so true. Cause at the end of the day, you know, sex isn't going to be there forever. Eventually it will end and you have to really like the person that you're with, or maybe there's a, some sort of trauma or injury where sex is no longer an option. Yeah, anything can happen. So if there's one thing the listeners should take away from this episode about finding their husband, what would you tell them? Find yourself, find your purpose. The reason why I say that is, and I did a video on it on Instagram, you don't want to have marriage as your only purpose. Because yeah, you can be a wife, but you can also be a wonder woman as well. You can do anything that you want to do. You can be anybody that you want to be. Don't minimize yourself to just want to get married. And when you get married, don't give up you just to say, I do. Remain true to who you are and understand that he that finds a wife finds a good thing, but he also finds you being the person that you are. So don't stop being you. And if you have to stop being you, that means that you're being found by the wrong person because he's not coming to take away from you. He's coming to add to your life. And so prepare yourself to be true to you. There's a thing that I say all the time. I am, I am independent, dependent. I am an independent, dependent woman. I am a independent, dependent wife. I'm independent in my visuality. I'm independent of who I am. I'm independent in my brand. I'm independent on what it is I want to do for myself, but I'm also able to be dependent. I used to be overly independent without being dependent. A man couldn't do anything for me. I could buy my own drink. I could buy my own house. I could do this. I could do that. I don't need your money. You see what I'm saying? So I had to get to a point to where I was like, you know what? I can be, and my husband's favorite phrase yesterday, I didn't even realize, I was like, I've been putting this off, you know, for almost four years now, it seems, and I should have been saying this. 
told him last night, well, I'm going to, I need your card because I need to go get some stuff. He, he loves it. He loves the fact that I'll take one of his cards and have it in my wallet. And even though my cards are there, his card is there. And I didn't know. I was like, wow, I've been spending, I should have been spending your money. <laughs> but that ability to be independent, dependent, like I can get it, but I like the fact that you get it for me too. And that's, we lose ourselves and don't lose yourself because you're too great to even, you've come too far if you're listening to this to just say, I'm going to get married and I'm going to give up everything else. I love that. I think that's a, I think that's a great takeaway. So perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I have absolutely enjoyed this conversation. I am sure we could talk forever about this kind of stuff. Where can the listeners find you at? You can easily Google me, Rachel G. Woodson, and it'll take you to everything I have. My handles on everything is I underscore A-M-R-A-C-H-E-L. Right now in the middle, I'm in the midst and in the middle of changing my website, starting a coaching firm. I'm starting to help other coaches learn how to coach effectively. I, I was seeing 30 clients a day for seven years straight, sometimes more than that. And so I'm wanting to teach other people how to help people the way that I have so that they can become great. And so you can find me on social media, all of that, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Pinterest. It's all the same. Uh, TikTok, I underscore am Rachel G. I love it. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what programs you have coming up that ladies can get into? My I'm Somebody's Wife Academy is about to start back up. Right now, we're getting through a Fresh Start 2021 I'm Somebody's Wife mental refresher course. Between the I'm Somebody's Wife and also the coaching firm is about to start teaching people how to coach. Getting ready to promote my first event for the coaching firm called The Paid Help. Teaching people the importance of how if you're helping people for free, how can you get paid? to help somebody. So how I took a business on just motivating people on social media started with no money and made six figures from that business. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. Thank you so much. I've appreciated it. And we have to do this again. Absolutely. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones, offering top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to start shopping today. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.